My name is Britt Hicks, and you are listening to another Exvangelical podcast. On this podcast, I interview people from all walks of life who in some way identify with the term Exvangelical. On that note, everyone has their own personal story, their own vocabulary, Uh, When listening to this podcast, there may be things that you agree with and things that you don't agree with, and I invite you to just to sit and hold space for the person that you're listening to. If you have questions, please send them in to me, and I would love to hear them. If you would like to be interviewed as an evangelical on this podcast, please send me an email or uh, reply, and I would love to get you on our show. Thanks so much, and please enjoy listening to this episode. This episode is sponsored by Color Splash. Color Splash is a camp for youth in the LGBTQIA plus community. For more information about Color Splash, Go to colorsplashout.org and get your kids signed up for camp. Camp is at the end of July this year, and it is so much fun. I will be a camp counselor. Again, if you have any questions or you want information, go to colorsplashout.org. On with the show. Hey, 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 Uh, real quick, before you listen to this episode, could you pause, or I think you can do it while you continue to listen, but could you leave me a review on whatever streaming device that you're listening to? That would help out tremendously, give us five stars, give us a good review, and Share, share this with your friends, your family, your enemies, anyone that you think could benefit from this podcast, even if you don't think they could benefit, send it to them, share it. All right, that's all. One more announcement. Today is June 1st, which means it is the first day of Pride. And it is also our beloved Brandy Carlisle's birthday. Do yourself a favor, listen to some of her music. If you've never heard Brandy Carlisle, you will thank me later. On with the show. All right, so I have my friend here, Sarah Goss. Sarah, would you introduce yourself and let everyone know how we met virtually? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Sarah. Um, I am a, I don't even know how to describe, like how to describe myself in words, but let's see. I am a school counselor. I am a mom. Um, I am a gay woman. And I'm also a later in life lesbian. I was previously married to a man and then COVID happened and now I'm gay. 
So I've been navigating that um, life change over the last few years. Um, and I would also label myself as an ex-evangelical. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much me. And actually, we met through Instagram, I believe. And somehow we followed each other or found each other on a post because we had both been going through like a similar experience with uh, being being gay later in life or realizing we're gay later in life. Yeah, I think it was um, a Glennon Doyle Untamed mm-hmm. post. Probably, and yeah, that was my like inspiring. <laughs> that was my uh, Pandora's box. Each mm-hmm. each word, each chapter, I was going, oh, oh no, oh no, because I had read yeah. Love Warrior. And I love yeah. warriors. She stays with her husband at the end. So I was like, okay. And then yeah. knowing that she had married Abby the whole time. I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, I want to know all the details of how, how this happened. Like I, cause she gave us a little bit of details, but like, I wanted all of the details. Yeah. 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 I kind I kind of joke, but serious, like serious and joke. Like when she, <laughs> wrote about her and Abby meeting for the first time. I read that chapter several mm-hmm. times. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I wish there was more detail in that chapter. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, Glennon, let's, you know, maybe write some romance novels or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. I know she, she does have a, like a really good way with words. She does. She does. Um, and during the pandemic, I listened to her. Um, I can't remember what she called them, but like every day she had some mm. post in the morning. Um Yeah. Yeah, I probably whatever. But yeah. Um I remember closing the book and looking at my my ex-husband and saying, We need to talk. <laughs> and that's you know, that was okay. kind of like was the the downward spiral from there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you said that you so you consider yourself an evangelical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just with a little bit that I know and that we have just talked about, um there had to have been not had to, there doesn't always have to be, but like a faith crisis. Um, when did you become a Christian? Did you kind of just grow up in a Christian family or? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up, um, in a Christian home, went to what people would probably call a Pentecostal church. You know, we had like people would speak in tongues and the one worship song would play on repeat for like 15 minutes while people (laughs) like, you know, um, So, you know, in church was like started at nine and we wouldn't leave till 12 on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved church. Mm-hmm. I um, loved youth group. Um, you know, I went through purity culture and I had my true love weights ring. Um, it didn't, you know, didn't make a difference, but <laughs> I went through it. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I feel like most, not most, but a lot of people, when they go to college, they kind of like push their faith to the side because they're Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, exploring all the things. And, and so I did that too. And after college, when I got married, um, I kind of found my faith again. And it was really important for me to have, um, have my faith and have my husband, you know, increase his faith because he was kind of like went to church a little bit but wasn't like really his thing so I was kind of like the spiritual leader like guiding him to Jesus Mm -hmm. and um and I wanted my kids to grow up in the church and so um 
I was very much like your stereotypical evangelical Christian. And I work in education. And um, as I became like further into my career, just seeing the different lives that kids go through and the different experiences, just having this whole idea of what a family is and what it looks like and how the family should be run. It just didn't sit right with me. And the idea of um, penalizing children, you know, for their parents' mistakes and, you know, it just, it just didn't sit right with me. And so um, I started questioning a lot of like politics. Um, You know, I always was Republican. I voted Republican. And then I remember 20, whenever, whenever Barack Obama ran for his second term, I voted for him. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm voting Democrat. And it was like this. I remember that feeling. Yeah. I was like, so scandalous. Yeah. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, my mom finds out. Um, With the sunglasses on afterwards and the collar hat. (laughs) Yeah. So I was, um, definitely like, you know, starting to kind of dabble in that and just really questioning, um, like the conservative politics and, you know, it was a slow thing where I'd be like, I, you know, I'm not pro-choice, but, you know, I'm pro-life, but I feel like people should be able to have an abortion if they want, you know, so it was like, but I don't want to say it. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, it was just that slow thing, because I had that kind of shame from my upbringing that like, I could never say that I support murdering babies. And, you know, so it was just, you know, so I wouldn't say I really started deconstructing officially until um, during the pandemic when I told my husband that I wanted a divorce because I had fallen in love with a woman. Um, And I had, I had an affair. And so that, um, that turned a lot of people away from me. Um, A lot of my church friends were like, bye. Um, And so it just, I really like reflected on those relationships and those friendships. And I kind of turned away from Christianity completely. Um, And I still haven't quite gone back. I don't know what really it looks like put back together um, because it's hard to separate the people from like Jesus or, you know, whatever Christianity looks like that aren't the people. Um, So that's, you know, that's still a a work in progress, I think. That makes total sense because you're talking about like, when you separate and I feel like you know this kind of happens like um when you leave a church when you leave a job when you just leave something Mm -hmm. you know whatever that institution is that person is there's the people that are connected to that so that Mm -hmm. makes sense with you know like if you have a friend that got a divorce and you're like oh do I do I side with this person or that person um and if yeah it did it 
I I can look back and say it felt similar with Jesus too because mm-hmm. Jesus was still connected with all the other people and I'm like mm, I need some time to kind of you know like when I came to seminary um and I decided to go to United Church of the United Church of Christ which is um they call it the Universalist Unitarian but with mm-hmm. Jesus I'm like I've kind of <laughs> on the shelf because I don't know yeah. but I don't want to yeah. like <laughs> get rid of him entirely yeah. so yeah I totally get that it's we're like okay like if Jesus is who I think Jesus really is mm-hmm. he's gonna be okay with like saying okay maybe we should be separated right now and kind of yeah yeah let, let me work on myself and see if this comes back or if not like that's totally cool. yeah yeah um that's that's the part like that took me a long time to really even admit to myself that I was questioning because I just kept thinking, what if heaven is real and, mm. or what if hell is real? And what if I go to hell, you know? And so then I had this whole, like, I was afraid to really explore and really think because I was like, well, what if I go to hell? What mm. if I am tor- tortured for the rest of my life? Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, there it's helped to follow a lot of um like people on Instagram who are going through the same kind of thing or you know theologians or people like kind of in your position where you're actually like educated on all of these things so it's not just some random person on the corner telling me their opinion it's like people who are really like in the weeds with um all of the the biblical stuff yeah yeah now I'm wondering if I should um be a street corner preacher yeah. <laughs> <But> like <laughs> everybody loves a street message corner <laughs> <laughs> yeah like but there but I don't believe there's a heaven or a hell right now you know it's a yeah, actually a conversation yeah. I had with the professor earlier um but yeah it's like it's it's interesting to return to Christianity um when you've deconstructed both hell and heaven where it's like mm-hmm. now like what does my faith look like now that I don't believe in really an afterlife you know yeah yeah my daughter, I was like I would be thrilled if I died and I was like oh look I'm in heaven but like I don't want that to be the purpose mm-hmm. I'm yes. doing what I'm doing and yeah because I grew up in the assemblies of God so you know very mm-hmm. like um charismatic pentecostal mm-hmm. make sure you have your fire insurance you make sure mm-hmm. you have, like all your friends yes and what cracked me up is when you said like they sing the same thing over and over again i can remember and i it's one of those memories that i kind of wish i could get out of my head mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we had these missionaries come from south africa and um for it was either an hour or two hours straight and you mm-hmm. know that this is not an exaggeration because you've been in yeah. it they played there's no god like jehovah that song was in my head over, right now no kidding yeah over and over again and it's like i'm standing there trying to like you know like like i don't know it's uh, <laughs> You, know, you see people like crying and like doing all the emotional stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I want that. And I, but I've, I think I've always been so skeptical of everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, day, I'm like, come on, Days of Elijah. There's like so many other words in the song and you're going to oh get. Oh my so- gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like I, So our church, um, our pastor's wife was like the praise leader. Mm-hmm. And like, I just can picture her like, 
with her little tambourine and she's like behold he comes <laughs> and it's funny because I will start singing it some of these songs just come to me and I just start like getting into it and my sister is like stop because <laughs> it's like like to me it's like a little therapeutic and for her it's like PTSD like, right yeah 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 I think I've just now gotten to the point where I can listen to mm-hmm. uh, some worship like we yeah. have a trio at church and they just play like I mean, now they like we sing hymns and stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Same, like my thing, my my guilty pleasure, and I not even know if I'm guilty about it. Like I love Veggie mm-hmm. Tales, and I will oh still, like sing some mm-hmm. Veggie Tales. We have kids, yes, yes. they're going to be watching some Veggie Tales. Oh yeah, you know the Rumor Weed, yeah, and the yeah. from Outer Space. Those are so good. Anytime I can't find my hairbrush, it's mm-hmm. just oh my oh, gosh, <laughs> yes. And so Kendra did not grow up going to church at all. So like, she does not understand the things. And I'm like, I've actually played the Where Is My Hairbrush song for her. And she's just like, <laughs> why was that even on the on the video? I'm like, I don't even know. It's I have no brilliant. idea. It's so great. That's, yeah. But isn't there something freeing? And like my, my wife grew up in a Hindu household and mm-hmm. has no like, I, I, I <laughs> I showed her Carmen's uh Satan bite the dust. Mm-hmm. Like, can you turn that off? Like she's yeah. like, that is horrifying. I'm like, oh yeah, we were like Satan mm-hmm. bite the dust. You know, we were just yep. so like yeah, know, all, all the human videos, everything was a Carmen song and just yeah, yeah, and then, yeah it was awful. It was awful, but we were just like, Yeah, mm-hmm. this is great. We love this. Yeah. How old are you? Um, I am. 30, either 37 or 38. I think I'm okay. Yeah. Were you born in 85? Yes. Okay. I'm an 85. I'm 85 too. So we're the same age. Did you ever go to like acquire the fire? Any of those? Acquire the fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And every time something, I I don't even know who, who it did, but, or who, but anytime I went to any of those things at the end when they're like, do you need to give your life to Jesus? Oh, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I need to do it again just to make sure that yeah. I'm safe. <laughs> yeah. If there was a punch card for all the times I got saved, I don't know mm-hmm. what I would get. I get. Oh, and um, see if you remember this. I think someday I'll have to just post a video once I get the website up, but got to see if you remember this little guy. Oh my gosh. I hope I do. The Evangel Cube. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah, so uh, what is it? Sin separates you from God. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and was buried. And in three days, he rose again and made a uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. between you and God so that you could go to heaven and not hell. And then all you have to do is these four things, which is like read your Bible, pray and accept Jesus into your heart. There's a white hand shaking a black hand, which I don't know. Don't be racist yeah. and then share the gospel. <laughs> Yeah, I, I took I this. Wish I had that. <laughs> it's, wow, it's like my little like trophy from my my past, and I took it to my evangelical class um, at school and did the exact same thing I just did to you now. And the girl goes, "How?" One of the girls was like, "How did you do that?" So like, like how did you know that? I'm like because that was like our life. This is what we did. Muscle memory, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, everything became scripts, like. Yes. You know, um, so I'm sure you do this with Kendra too. If my wife mm-hmm. asked me, um, you know, like, what does John 3 16 mean? And I could be like, you know, five, you know, five years Second. ago would have been like, 
you know, Jesus, you know, God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins so that you and I could go to heaven. And and now like, I'll kind of look at her like, she's like, why do you look at me like that? I said, because I have to think, Mm -hmm. I have to think through the script that was, you know, what did I believe and what did I tell other people? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's hard with kids because, Mm -hmm. you know, my kids are six and nine and my nine-year-old is like, very logical and very like questions everything. And, you know, he stopped believing in like Santa and the Easter bunny and all the things very early. Cause he was just like, that doesn't make sense. And then when he was like, is Santa real? I was like, no, like, I'm like, I can't lie. I just can't. Um, but my youngest, he, he is more like into it. Like he wants me to pray. He asks me questions about heaven and all the things that I'm like, I'm trying to be like authentic and not feed him like the lines I was fed, but also not show my, um, dis my, like, I don't even know the word, my displeasure or my cynicism. Yes. Or my skepticism. Cause I'm like, I don't want to like push him away, but I also don't want to be like, you just got to have faith because (laughs) that's, that's a slippery slope. Stop asking questions. Right. Yeah. So that's like the hard part. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think one of my biggest fears and I think, but what gives me, uh, what encourages me uh, that we're both married to women, but one of mm-hmm. my biggest fears would be is that my kid ends up in a youth group like what we grew up in. That is like one of my biggest fears. But I'm hoping that we do enough at home that you know our kids yeah. aren't going to be like um, homophobic assholes. You know? Yes, I know. I'm like you can't you can't be homophobic. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because my ex still sometimes goes to church, and I, the only reason I know is because I. I'm still connected to like the little children's church mm. check-in. So yeah. I get a text random Sundays. That's like, so-and-so checked in. And so like, he's still in the church and in, you know, that. And so it's tricky because it might have to, you know, eventually be a discussion, but you know, that's kind of hard. Cause I also don't want them to, you know, not want to go to church, but I also, you know, it's just, it's just such a, a tricky situation. Um, because I do feel like there's so many questions that they've asked me and I've just had to say, you know, I'm not really sure because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to feed you the like random answer that doesn't make sense. I'm just going to tell you, I don't really know. Only God knows. And that's just, but I have to, I just have to like be comfortable with that. And Um, you know, as my older son gets older, I feel like him and I can have like more discussions about it because he's very, he's very logical. Like when he finally, like I officially told him like Santa was not real. He's like, yeah, it did not make sense that you let a stranger you never met come into our house while we slept. And I'm like, yeah, that does not make sense. <laughs> right. And how creepy is it? He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows yeah, when you've been just there. like God. Yeah, just like God <laughs> He's everywhere. The same person. Yep. <laughs> it's a yep. pyramid scheme. Yeah. It's, yep. <laughs> it's the holy, not Trinity. It's a 
quartet. We got right. Santa, Jesus, <laughs> body and the Holy Spirit. Uh, my my wife's son um when he was little like that song scared him he did not like that sco- mm-hmm. song at all he's like it's so creepy it's like, but it is it really is yeah, um, it is. we've got to move away from it somehow mm-hmm. yeah uh, how were your kids because this everything for you for both of us really happened very recently uh, yeah how were your kids with everything if you want to talk need- about that you don't have oh, to yeah, yeah. They were um, fine in as well as kids can do with divorce. Um, it was a tricky time because I was pregnant um, at the beginning of COVID and I had had um, two miscarriages mm-hmm. prior to COVID and they were, they were like eight and nine weeks. So the kids didn't know about them. Mm-hmm. But we had been praying for a baby for like two years. And so when I got pregnant the third time, right at the start of COVID, um, you know, we I got to that 12-week appointment. Everything was perfect. So we told the kids. And then it was like a week later that I told him I wanted a separation. So it was just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like all going crazy. But um so we were in the process of separating and I went to my 16 week appointment and there was no heartbeat. Mm. And so it was like, they had just learned that their parents were getting divorced. And then like two weeks later, they find out that this baby that we had prayed for, for multiple years, um, had died. And my youngest son, he will still talk sometimes and say like, our baby died. And, um, when I had the DNC, um, I had to go to like the hospital and everything. Cause it was, you know, it was so far along. Um, the doctor told me afterwards that it was a little girl, which I was like, why did you tell me that? But then I also told my kids it was a little girl, which I'm like, why did I tell them that? Because my youngest will talk about you know, he'll tell, like, he'll be playing with random kids, like on the playground. And he'd be like, yeah, I had a sister, but she died. And I'm just like, you know, and so then the parents, like, you know, and usually the parent like looks at me and I'm like, miscarriage, you know, and then they're like, I'm smart. I'm like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. That's how kids are. They'll just be playing and then they'll just say something and they just go back to playing. It's like, yeah. Can we take a moment? (laughs) So, so other than that, like, you know, once I, you know, got my new apartment and, you know, we started kind of going back and forth that summer of 2020 was a big transition period, but I, you know, since I work in the schools, the kids were with me pretty much all day, Monday through Friday. Um, So I got a lot of time with them that first summer, which I think was really helpful going through that process. Um, and you know, there were times when my oldest would, you know, cry and ask like, why did we have to get a divorce? You know, that kind of thing. And so it, you know, it took a little bit of time, but I think once we got back into the routine of school, um, and then they got used to like the transition of going back and forth, it ended up, you know, they're fine now. Like now they'll be with me for like five days in a row and they don't mention or ask about like dad at all. 
And so then I'm like, wait, does he go to dad's? Do they go to dad's? And like, they don't even ask about me for like five days. <laughs> um, but they're fine now. Um, we, they knew Kendra before the divorce as a friend and she came back into our lives as a friend. And then, you know, I eventually started bringing her around more. And then I had always kind of had the conversation with my kids, you know, that anybody could love anybody. And so, um, you know, that conversation I had with them, they were like, so is she going to, is she going to be my mom? You know, and it was just like, maybe one day, you know, like, it was like, uh, maybe like that, I guess it would be the plan if I, you know, like kind of divorced because of this, but, um, so they were really, you know, open to that. And my oldest will say something. So I said something one time about him, like having a crush and I'm like, and he's like, I know I can like anybody that I want. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah. I am indoctrinating you, my child. <laughs> it's yes, the gay exactly. agenda. <laughs> it's the gay agenda, exactly. When we got um, married, our niece, who's, um, I think she just turned four, she they got back to the hotel and told her parents, she goes, a girl can marry a girl and a boy can marry a boy. And then she left it at that, right? And uh, my sister-in-law was like, well, what about a, a, a boy and a girl? <laughs> My niece goes, no, no, a girl can marry a girl and a boy can marry a boy. That's That's it. it. I love that. We've done our job. Mm -hmm. I love that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, kids, I mean, they're so understand. Like it's, and I, I would also like your input as a teacher, but it's just, it's, it fascinates me how people think that kids have really no agency over their, their minds and, Mm -hmm. um, that they can't make their own decisions. Like I came to faith when I was 11. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um, like, and kids are smart. They, they know what's going on. I, they do. Parents they try do. to hide things. The kids know, you know, it's the same yeah. way. Like Kids try to hide things. Parents know. Yeah. Um. So when you've like, how, how is being a school? I know being in education is kind of a nightmare right now. Um. How has faith had anything like your, your, um, trying to use faith crisis a little more, that might not be the right, right word, Yeah. but how has education played a role in that, mm-hmm. especially now after like COVID and what we're in, yeah. we still have COVID going on. You know, um, it's. And also it's bring up all the legislation stuff that's coming up, you know, that's up. Well, it's hard because I feel like religion has been intertwined with conservative politics. And so it's hard to be in education as a gay person, number one, especially at the elementary school level, because I don't want to say the wrong thing and indoctrinate children. Um, so, and it's, it's interesting because I have been a straight white Christian woman for my entire life in school. And so I have had all the privileges of that. Yeah. And now when a kid 
is meanly calling another kid gay, that conversation that I have, I feel a little bit like scared mm -hmm. of how to, how to broach the subject. Yeah. Um, because especially the community that I work in, I, I worked at a title one school, um, before, and this year I'm at a, a new school and it's not title one. It's very conservative, very white. And I love it, but it is, I just have to be very careful because I don't want to say something that will be taken the wrong way or like blown up in mm -hmm. proportion, you know, out of proportion. Um, so I will, I will say that the, just the way I think things are viewed as very cut and dry with you know, right and wrong in schools and these are the standards and everybody needs to do this and all of that doesn't give a lot of grace mm -hmm. um, towards, you know, families that have a lot of stuff going on. Um, like in my school that I worked at before, I had kids, multiple kids living in hotels. Okay. I had kids whose parents were addicts, um, you know, just so many different things that these kids would come to school with this baggage, kids smelling like marijuana, the moment they walk in, you're like, woo. And I'm like, okay, so we are expecting these kids to learn. And I just think about like, as an adult, when I have stuff going on in my personal life, it is really hard to focus on work. And I am an adult. Mm -hmm. So you put a nine-year-old in a unstable crisis situation at home, and then they come to school and, and they have to learn fractions. Yeah. And they probably have no idea. Like they don't really know how it's affecting them. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes there are, there are staff members that really, really understand trauma and how some of these kids have been affected by trauma. And then there's the other very like cut and dry, like you leave your baggage at the door, we're doing math, you know, and like that kind of thing. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that part is hard in education because everybody's getting pressure from different angles. You know, admin gets, you know, they get pressure from central office and they're getting pressure from the state and the teachers are getting pressure. You know, it's just, everyone feels the pressure. And then these poor little kids are like, I'm just trying to learn. Right. Trying to figure out yeah. how to be a person. But do y'all have standardized testing? Yeah. In Vir so I work in Virginia and so we have the SOLs, standards of learning. Um yeah. and actually when we first got those tests, I was in like sixth or seventh grade. And my best friend's dad was like, SOL, shit out of luck. <laughs> and so I always think about that because I'm like, yeah. yeah. And here it's, they are like 20 years, 25 years later, they're still here. It's so much unnecessary pressure for, for yeah. kids. You know, they're yeah. already having to deal with so much. And then if they have things at home, you know, mm -hmm. their personal lives, like it's just, it's just another thing they've got to worry about. I guess yeah. for us, that's kind of like taxes. <laughs> it's like, you know, this <laughs> and plus you have to do taxes. We know how much you need to give us, but we're going to make you, you figure it and out. If you and if you <laughs> yeah. get it 
wrong, you're going to get in trouble. Right. Yeah. We're <laughs> going to penalize you. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't get to move on to the next grade. Yeah. Um, so you brought up um, privilege. Hmm. I, I want to know, um, because I kind of saw this shift in one way, because I, I still, I still recognize that I have privilege as a white person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also realize now that I'm part of a minority group and I see mm-hmm. that where before, and I tell some people, especially with all the stuff that's happening yeah. um, in Texas, all across America at the legislative um, mm-hmm. sessions with, uh, especially with trans rights, um, yeah. that I wish I could go back and I don't, I really don't want this, but some days I'm like, I wish I could go back to a simpler time about yeah. five years ago when I was just totally ignorant to everything because I just mm-hmm. said my privilege and, you know, just thought, well, you know, all lives matter, you know, basically mm-hmm. like, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like this is a very Republican thing that I'm, I'm seeing more and more is if I don't see it, it's not my problem. You know, mm-hmm. like I will support yeah. abortion, like they're not me, but like, We'll, yeah. we'll call them red shirts because there were a lot of red shirts at uh, the Texas Capitol yesterday um, where they're like, I will support, um, I am pro-choice, wait, wait, I always get them mixed up. I'm pro-life as long as I don't see the baby. As soon as the baby's born, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm hands off, I don't care. Yeah, Veterans, right? Like, yes, I support the troops, I support the military. As a veteran, I'm like, hell yeah, like I do, you know, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as they see a homeless vet, they're like, ah, that, that person yeah. like really just drunk needs to back together, drunk. they're drunk, they're no good. And it's just that like, if I don't see it, it's not my problem, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's like, a lot of privilege. Yes. And I think there's been a lot of discussion around privilege and like proximity, And I think it's so easy to sit and like judge a group over here when you don't have any connections to that group because you have misconstrued opinions about like what, what's really going on. And when you like actually get to know people and people in these different groups have a face and have a story and have a name, it's a lot harder to judge someone. I mean, if you put even some of these, ultra conservative people in front of a person, like set them in a room with like a, a trans person or like a, a drag queen. Right. Um, and had they had to have like an hour long conversation. I think a lot of people's opinions would change if they got to hear the actual stories behind what a lot of people from these minority groups go through. Yeah. But it's when you're not near it, mm-hmm. you don't even have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday we had like, again, the red shirts were all bust in from somewhere and, you know, I've, I've become close and acquainted with a lot of the, the trans people, LGBT, mm-hmm. like, you know, queer people that show up to the Capitol. And that was my aha moment too, is like, these mm-hmm. are like, I have one friend that anytime something happens, like they're the first person that pops in my head mm-hmm. that I wish I could take around and be like, meet my friend. My friend is yeah. an individual. They mm-hmm. love art. They love people. They love Aunt. Like they are just, yeah. like, you know, just gold. Like they are, one yeah. of the, I, I love them, you know, and I just mm-hmm. want to take them around to, you know, every single red shirt and be like, 
yeah. please just, you know, sit down and talk to my friend for a little bit. Cause I think, yeah. if did, you know, at least you would start a conversation. Um, yeah. And, and it is, it, it's, it's all relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and it seems so simple. It's just mm-hmm. getting people to and, do it. But I, I think the hard part too, and this is more political than you know, anything, but I think a lot of people don't want to have a conversation of understanding. They want to have a conversation of trying to convince or divide. Right. And so I think a lot of conservatives aren't necessarily open to having a conversation and getting to know and hear that information. They've just made up their mind. And so much, just my family that I know, it's the Bible. (laughs) that's biblical. And yes, I'm like, where, yes. where, tell me about abortion in the Bible. Right. Yeah. Tell me where that is. I mean, the, you know, I like, like uh, there's steps to doing an abortion in the Bible, yeah. but there's nothing that is <laughs> yeah. against it. And I think in Psalm, it does say something about smashing a baby's head on the rocks. I mean, the Sorry. Bible, <laughs> I, it is a book that I would not want to read to my child. Some of the parts are like not appropriate. And I'm like, right. We want to ban, you know, these random like kids books that are just nonsense, stupid, but we want kids to read the Bible because I, I read the Bible from start to finish in 2021. I, um, had a friend who her wife and I had a conversation cause she grew up like, you know, in an evangelical home and we had this whole conversation and she's like, oh, I'm starting a Bible study in January. And I thought it was like, like a Bible study, like group of people and she sends me this Facebook invite and there's like 1500 people in this Bible study and so the person who runs it you know assigns the reading every day and then she had like a 10 minute blip um she's from Alabama the person who runs the Bible study and so you know she had her little recording and like I'm listening and I'm like okay what is she gonna what is she gonna say about this because this woman you know was literally like raped and murdered yeah. so I'm like okay let's hear it and it's like she didn't even mention it she talks about everything else and like she skims over like those no. difficult things yeah and and honestly after I finished the whole bible I was like I don't think I can call myself Christian anymore like that was that was a little rough mm-hmm. um and just you know, reading it from start to finish and seeing it all together, not just a single verse. It's like, how did this all come to be? Who wrote these things? How did it, how did this happen? Because I, it doesn't all make sense together. So I feel like that's a seminary plug. Well, Sarah, yeah. you like to seminary. <laughs> learn this in seminary school. Learn, learn yeah. this in seminary that it's people that wrote it and different, you know, a lot of it was political and, mm-hmm. but yeah, but and that's something that, you know, again, you just have all these realizations because, you know, especially during COVID, like we just had so much time. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like, again, being privileged to go to to seminary, mm-hmm. um, to be able to learn with others and others that have different points of view, especially like mm-hmm. as professors and stuff. Um, yeah. But one of the things that clicked too is like, we, we grew up with people that took the Bible literal. They were like, this, this is God's word. This is what it means. No, Mm -hmm. no room for interpretation, nothing. Yeah. 
you know, and then come to seminary and they're like, you know, this verse might mean this. It might mean that might not mean any of this. And I'm like, wait, 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 <laughs> hold up. Can we say that? <laughs> you know, cause like our churches, it was the man of God. Cause it was always a man mm-hmm. that was like, no, you know, Leviticus says you can't be gay. Mm-hmm. So you can't be gay, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah, but it also says, you know, the mixed fabrics and your beard is probably not, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was another like freeing moment when it mm-hmm. was like, this isn't literal. Like I can just read this as like, a book, you know, a book within mm-hmm. books. Um, yeah. But yeah, because to read it literal is hella scary and yeah, up. <laughs> yeah. quite quite it's frankly, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, like I, he's an asshole. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. like this guy. Well, yeah. I'm like, uh, I am read. I'm listening to this like on speaker. I'm like, I'm gonna turn this off with my kids coming. <laughs> <laughs> mom what does this mean oh no 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 no, no nothing, nothing it's just the bible it's, yeah, it's just the bible honey yeah. gosh Go read well, harry it just, it, oh oh my gosh my sister so i was i read harry potter like in my early 20s but my sister was younger than me when it came out and people at church had a lot to say oh, to yeah. my parents about my sister reading those books oh. <laughs> and um I remember one time too, um, being in children's church in like elementary school and the teacher was talking about how, um, horrible Aladdin was because the genie. And I was just like, I loved Aladdin. (laughs) Aladdin is like a great movie, but it's just, you know, like those little things that are like not appropriate. Um, and now like I was not allowed to watch Casper, the friendly ghost. So what about Holy ghost? (laughs) I know like he's a really nice little kid yeah um yeah just some of those things just you know did not make sense but yeah after I came out I was obsessed with Aladdin when I was younger um and then I was like was it Aladdin or was it Princess Jasmine did I want to be Aladdin you know (laughs) all those moments (laughs) when you like after you come out and you're like accepted Uh you're like oh oh Yes. I have had a lot of those. Cause like in the beginning, my mom and my like family and friends would be like, have you always been gay? Like, have you been struggling with this your whole life? And I'm like, no. And then like, as time has gone on, I'm like, I really like was kind of obsessed with like certain things that are like gay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or like just, you know, my focus when I'm watching certain movies was like, the girl who's like right. in the wet shirt and I'm like yeah. hmm. <laughs> that checks out <laughs> right yeah yeah it was for me it was hardly yeah it was hardly ever the guys I remember mm-hmm. when everyone had crushes when that started to be a thing and I was like yeah uh, and just making something up they're like who do you have a crush on and I'm like Uncle Jesse Jonathan <laughs> Taylor Thomas sure, oh my gosh Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like my man I yeah. loved him but he does also look like a girl. Hello. My, like, my, he looks my like a mask lesbian. Because this my uh my nineties heartthrob haircut. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Whenever I go in, she's like, the nineties heartthrob? I'm like, yes, yeah. Yes, please. Mario Lopez, though, like um mm-hmm. he's very cute, but he also looks like he looks like a lesbian. And he's got little dimples. I love his yeah. dimples. Yeah. Love his dimples. Yeah. 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 It's inter- yeah now I'm like okay did I want to be that person or did I have a crush on that person you yeah know, it's like, yeah mm-hmm. all the, all and I remember too also like 
the Victoria's Secret catalog and the store, like averting my eyes because I didn't want anybody to think I was looking at it. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think most normal straight people do that. I think yeah. they're just like, oh yeah, there's Victoria's Secret. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like when the girls would get together at like sleepovers or whatever, and they would do like the line where they would like rub each other's bags. Mm-hmm. Or- yeah, play with her hair. I'm like, I'm good. I know. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny you say that because my so Kendra, um, her one of her best friends in high school is also gay, and before they knew they were both gay, they would take turns rubbing each other's backs. They would have sleepovers, and uh-huh. like one person would rub the other person's back. And then like the next time they had a sleepover, the other person would rub um, the other person's back. And her friend was actually in town this past weekend. And she was like, yeah, once Kendra found out I was gay, the back rub stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Then Kendra's like, oh no, I don't want you to like me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's, it's fun to like, look back at things and go, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like looking yeah. at my high school photos, I look like this. Like I wore the weird looking shirts. I, yeah. you know, I had the short hair. Um, and then I did an internship where they tried to make us girly. We had to take early mm. classes and had to wear mascara. Mm. Oh my gosh. Gloss. And if you felt a certain, like they tried to kick me out for being gay several times. Um, what? I'm not gay. I wasn't ready to come out. I was like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to be. And I spent <laughs> like 10 years of my life, like masking and trying to be like, you know, femme. And I look at the pictures and I'm just like, I look, I hated it. I could never, I could never find clothes that I felt comfortable in. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oreo was real. And then to have all these, like to come out and have, you know, not to use the labels, but to have things for vocab, like gender euphoria, Mm -hmm. right? Like I know good and, you know, girls clothes, right? Like my favorite The first time I went into Target and went into the guy section to buy something, mm-hmm. I felt so weird. I felt so out of place. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I don't belong here. People are going to like, you know, try to murder me or something. You yeah. know, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I need new t-shirts. So I'll go over there and, you know, find t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the whole, it's just so the things that you have to navigate after mm-hmm. coming out, um, it's yeah and then it was when you bring family into it and you bring a, a new partner mm-hmm. and I, again like I just I think there's something so beautiful about having a partner that has that has not gone through what we've gone through like yeah and yeah they can ask those questions like whoa or you know <laughs> make us realize how messed up things were right like you yes through that yep yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah say stuff like that all the time I'm like right? <laughs> yeah yeah it's just that's just what we did yeah yeah um we were at church until Holy Spirit said we were done you know yeah. like it's just you know yeah. uh, I remember <laughs> this just made me think of like one of those I don't know if it was a revival or something but it was one of those things where people were were laying out on the floor and they were getting covered with a pillowcase and so yeah and so I went up you know I got prayed over and I'm like standing there like I'm not falling so then I just pretended to fall oh yeah yeah and then laid on the floor with the pillowcase over my head and I'm just like 
how long do I have to lay? <laughs> <laughs> right. We had like the courtesy falls, um, people that would like really like, I don't know. Like I want to talk to more people that have had the experience, but they like shook and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would always feel left out. I'm like, why am I not? Yeah. yeah baking and why am I not you know like and it was the same thing I would and I think a lot of people have the same experience right mm-hmm. yeah I'm like who's the re- who's genuinely done this yes yeah yeah I remember at one place I fell and this guy that was he had to have been about 600 pounds like seriously fell on me fell on my leg oh my gosh Oh my God. I'm like, thanks be to God, you know, it must have been the power <laughs> of the Holy Spirit that, you know, you didn't, yeah. Me, but yeah, it's just, oh my gosh. Yeah, there were so many and so many just like quirky, odd, weird things. Oh, like wild. You know, women's conferences are the most bizarre mm. things ever. Like mm-hmm. this one in San Antonio every year, they have this brunch thing. If anyone in San Antonio listens to this, they're going to know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> at the end of every brunch season they like wear their wedding dresses or something some weird shit and I'm like okay I already feel uncomfortable coming here no why I did was because I I was a music like I was a musician and I would just play and then yeah it was a mo or like have this thing where their dress has a or someone's dress as a bride usually like and this I'm I've never said it out loud but a girl that's about 18 or younger, uh, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Bright outfit. Um, getting married to a lion, which represents, you know, Jesus or Oslan. But yeah, you know, like saying it out loud, I'm like, that yeah. is why do we so, think that is yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I even think back to like the the true love waits time and that whole thing of like standing in front of my church and promising not to have sex it just it's so creepy yeah I don't know why we're talking about me at 16 having sex yeah and again it was just so normal for us <laughs> yeah it was so normal for us mm-hmm. I love that Nadia Boltzweber took all like mm-hmm. a bunch mm-hmm. of purity rings and then made a vulva out of it oh my gosh that's so, so amazing I'm like thank you Nadia we needed some yes things. yeah that's great well I'm super bummed because an hour goes by so fast so fast <laughs> it's already been an hour dang I really enjoy talking to you Sarah um, I might have to have you on again or we might just have to meet up and like talk on zoom because um are you in Austin yeah I want to visit Austin because I love Jen Hatmaker and she talks about Austin oh, all yeah. the time. Yeah, come visit. I want to visit Austin. You can you can meet my wife and our six dogs, which I'm Perfect. surprised <laughs> they were all so quiet. Because usually as soon as I press record, they're they're like right in this area, like fighting, uh-huh. you know, being, being themselves. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna look over my like we had a really good conversation. I just want to go over the questions real quick to see if there's <laughs> anything that um I'm like maybe we need to visit this real quick but we care we've covered so much good things um okay one thing these are two questions I really 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 um enjoy and I'll I'll say them together um mm-hmm. but what is one thing that you would want to tell your younger self and that could be you know Sarah from youth group you know Sarah from your married you know previous married life Sarah from five years uh, five years five minutes ago Mm-hmm. 
And then what would you want to tell somebody listening to the interview now? And this can be anyone that you have in mind. What I would tell myself, um, and I tell this to students all the time, is that um, you don't have to be a certain way just to get people to like you. Mm. Because I was like a major people pleaser and I was a good girl. And I feel like if I wasn't such a good girl, I would have found myself earlier. So actually, no, I take it back. My thing is don't be a good girl. That's my advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and my advice to anybody listening, was that the other question? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> it would be, and this is advice that I am trying to live by now. And that is to expose yourself to more people. And I don't mean physically expose yourself. <laughs> don't get arrested be, doing this. Yeah, <laughs> be around people who are not exactly like you because you learn so much and life is just better when there's differences around you. So just leave your little comfort zone and explore other people and places and all the things. Love it. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. Um, and final, final yeah. question. Um, yes. Is there anything you would like to promote? Um, I don't know. Like if you have an Etsy shop or a podcast that you like listening to. Do you... oh, I mean, no, not particularly. I mean, I love Jen Hatmaker, but everybody knows Jen Hatmaker. Um, so no, nothing to promote. I am, I am in the process of writing a book. Yes. So. Awesome. Because um, I have a like a million things to say. So I am writing a book. And so when I actually write the book, I will come back on and I'll, I'll promote yes. it then. <laughs> yes. And, and Jen Hatmaker, for the two of you that don't know who she is, um, was big in the ex in the evangelical circle, who is now would probably identify as an evangelical. Be amazing mm -hmm. if I could get her on her on here. Oh, my gosh. Um, see how if I could work that out somehow. But yes, look her up. Look her boyfriend up. Um, they're both doing amazing things. I don't know his Tyler, name. Tyler Merritt. Oh yes. my gosh. Tyler Merritt. He wrote a book. It came out this summer and it's called, well, last summer, I Take My Coffee Black. So amazing. Um, he talks about like 70 million different things. And it's literally like sitting and listening to a friend. Um, oh, listening awesome. to his book or reading it. It's yeah. amazing. And him and Jen together are so freaking cute. Power, power couple. I love yes, it. Yes, for sure. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so of much. Course. Thanks. Bye. Tune in next week to hear an interview with Jody Friend, who has a band called Public Universal Friend. She is a trans woman. She is fierce. She is amazing. She's an advocate. You do not want to miss this episode. And until next week, y'all be safe. Enjoy uh, your pride month. Show your pride. If you're an ally, please, please, please uh, speak up for us more now than ever. Take care. Goodbye.